This show is made possible by SparkleGenieProducts.com, earth-friendly cleaning products made in the USA. Safe for kids, safe for pets, safe for you. Save 20% off your first order when you use discount code SPIRITS at SparkleGenieProducts.com. Spirits and more radio. If I touch my shoulder or touch my hair. Starts now. And I said, what in the hell is that? Mommy, scared. Spirits and more radio starts now. Welcome to another edition of Spirits and More Radio. This is our fifth edition, and we're really excited tonight because we've got witchcraft on our mind and a very special guest coming to us from Canada, the Lost Witch, and she's going to be talking to us about uh, her experiences with witchcraft and uh, and the paranormal and all sorts of really interesting things. Remember the caller line is one 877 8722-GHOSTS. So uh, join us tonight. We have a great show planned. Turn down the lights. If you dare. Spirits and more radio. And magic is on our mind tonight, and uh, we're going to talk about all sorts of magic and uh, paranormal type activity and psychic abilities and mediumship and all sorts of interesting things, because tonight's show is about witches. Uh, and we have a special guest with us tonight, the lost witch, uh, Marlo, and she's going to be with us tonight. We also have Eric Van Leer, our co-host, coming in from Los Angeles, and he's... Uh, uh, he, he's going to lend a little bit to this conversation uh, with his experience in the occult. So we're going to we're going to see how all of it fits together tonight. Um, Eric, you are with us, and uh, I want to know: um, do does witches do witches and witchcraft really fall right in with the occult? Um, I believe so. I mean, there's uh, you know they both have. Um, from my understanding and from what I've been uh, involved with, they both have their rituals um, and all that. Uh, the witchcraft that I have uh, been involved with, you know, they do a lot of the typical spells, which is different from something like OTO or Golden Dawn. Um, and when you say OTO, I, for, for new listeners, please tell us what OTO is and Golden Dawn. Because actually, I don't know what Golden Dawn is. 
Uh, they're they're both magical orders uh, based on uh, mostly Hermeticism. OTO was uh, most famous for Aleister Crowley, uh, Elron uh, Elron Hubbard also got his start in OTO before uh, starting Scientology. Um, but both witchcraft and OTO or Golden Dawn, I think the main element behind all of them is uh, what the motto in OTO actually is, is do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. And um, that's just basically manifesting your will. Um, and that's that was one of the main tenets that, that Crowley talked about. Um, a lot of people seem to get this wrong. They think that means do whatever you want, which isn't the case. It just means that live to what your will or thalema tells you. And I think when someone who practices witchcraft or is Wiccan does a spell, uh, more than the uh, symbology or, you know, putting a person's picture under your under uh, your pillow or you know um uh even in something uh more neo-pagan like the billy tree tying strings around the billy tree uh for yule uh more than the symbology and the actual spell itself is the actual intent that goes behind it mm, interesting so it's sort of um um I, and I've heard this before, but if I understand you correctly, this all centers around focusing energy in a way. Is that right? Right. That, that's my belief. Yeah. Um, I mean, our guests might have a different viewpoint. I don't know. But, um, I mean, candle burning and, you know, all the all this stuff that you do, my belief is that, uh, yes, symbology does play an important role but it's uh, creating that uh, psychic energy or even the superconscious energy that Jung talked about uh, to create manifestation. I see. And, you know, it's interesting because today it seems like people are very open to these sorts of uh, alternative uh, religions and ideology and so forth. But there was a point in time... Um, back a long time ago where the Roman Catholic Church um, made it a point to make sure everybody was on board with what their uh, ideology was. And um, we were talking about this in our pre-production meeting about this show, but the whole introduction of Saint Satan in the year 1000 and then the inquisitions that went on across Europe uh, from that point in time for anybody who wasn't on board uh, witchcraft was included in that, and there were forty to sixty thousand people that were executed uh, for practicing witchcraft and and things. Uh, not to mention even tortured. So um, it was a period of time when when you didn't want to go outside the realm or, or a transition period. But now it's interesting because uh, we're here in the year two thousand seventeen, and um, society is. Uh, broken away from that sort of uh, harsh punishment in a way and and allowed people to follow some uh, different paths uh, that are not so rigid and so forth. So um, with that, I'd like to introduce our guest. Um, 
the lost witch we met on twitter and uh she is uh tuned in right now with us and um is going to tell us a little bit about her story and how she got involved with witchcraft and maybe some of the uh, special abilities she has uh, welcome to the show marlo you're with us right yeah hi <laughs> hello um so, so um yeah tell us marlo so um i just had a um tell us a little bit about yourself how did you uh you're a witch and you responded to uh that uh yeah. and um so where did it all start for you i don't know since i was little i just liked witches uh, uh crystal balls you name it the altar um and so, uh, when, when you were when you were uh, little, you probably connected with like the Wizard of Oz and some of the other uh, um, witches be, that you saw yeah, in, in media. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or did you? So you didn't. You're not from a family of witches because some people we talk to on this show um, have. Technically, a, I am. Okay. But they didn't talk about it back then. Okay. Um, I didn't find out about the family. Um, abilities until I was in my 30s. Interesting. Because my dad never really talked about it. He was from Italy, directly from Italy, so he was old school and very superstitious. Uh-huh. So so in your home, though, that you grew up in, it was, was it a Christian-type upbringing, or...? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, I started realizing, like, I seen shadow people. Um, I was able to hear certain things that nobody else did. I knew about certain things before they happened. Um, so when I was in school, I just kind of started reading books and just started learning that way. I see. So what was the first, um, I guess, where did it transition from sort of a fascination with witches to something that was more real for you? Um, probably when I was about 13 years old, I realized I can do things that nobody else could. And what, um, what were those things? What could you do? Well, I can uh, scry. Uh-huh. And uh, for crystal, a, um, crystal for ball gazing. Okay. And tell us, what does that entail and, and exactly what does that mean? Uh, basically, you're, um, with the mirror, you're looking at your reflection, but you'll pass your reflection. Um, you kind of get pulled into this. I'm not even sure how to explain what it what it is. You kind of zone out, and then you begin to see shadows, and then you start seeing images. Um, so is it like a trance-like state, almost, where you sort of yeah. um, just let it go and, and see what comes to you? Yeah. And then I realized that everything that I was seeing was happening so many days later. So that was kind of neat, so I just started practicing doing that. So when you, had, when you would um, gaze into a, a crystal ball, that was... The crystal ball itself doesn't have a special ability. It's just a tool, right? You could. It's a tool. It's something that I'm actually concentrating on. So everything else, my subconscious is opening up. Right. And I, then I'm able to see. <laughs> yeah, and I've I've heard that before. I've heard people who have that ability say that, like, you can fill a glass full of water and sort of stare at the water and achieve the same yeah. thing. Yeah. 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 We actually. We we were on a uh, paranormal investigation in Garden Grove, and we were doing scrying into a uh, a mirror, and 
this was actually the first time I had ever done scrying. I was starting to get upset because I thought the stuff that I was seeing was crazy. I saw a lady in a white Victorian dress, and then I saw a little girl as well, and um, a few other things. And, and what I saw... I, I didn't know if it was my imagination or real. I saw these things visually, um, but I didn't know it was because, you know, I was uh, tired or if I was just, you know, like in that day state I was trying to get into to meditate. Um, but it, it turned out those visions that I was seeing were actually real. That, that was uh, a case where we wound up dealing with the demon Lilith, and those were uh, two of her manifestations. Wow. I, I haven't had, um, I guess I, I, I've attempted that, because um, like I said, I've heard that you can do that if you sort of gaze into a glass of water. Um, I've had a couple experiences that I would say um, are probably not coincidental. Uh, I don't necessarily know that uh, I believe that they're some psychic vision, but uh, my story was that I, in high school, we all went to the Indian casino and we were standing behind a Gao poker table. And that's a version of poker that uh, a lot of Filipino people in this area like to play. And you don't have to know how to play it. You can actually bet behind a player. And so as I stood and watched the game, I had no idea how it was played at all. But as I was sitting there watching the game and sort of, you know, daydreaming in a way, not, not paying close attention because my friends wanted to be there. I just had this feeling that told me bet now. And it was a pretty strong feeling. And so I put my $20 chip or whatever it was behind a particular player and he won. And I pulled my money aside and I waited about three or four more hands. And then, uh, I just got this strong feeling again, bet now. So I bet and I won. And that went on for about 45 minutes. I didn't lose once. And everyone, I noticed everyone at the table was betting based on me now, <laughs> which I thought was interesting. I, I know nothing of the game. So, you know, I, there was no technical skill involved. But uh, since then, I've felt that I can do that at roulette wheels and walk around in the casinos to particular machines that tend to just pay out as I go around. But one interesting thing, and I don't know if you two can relate to this, but uh, if I think too hard, it doesn't work. I have to just let it come to me. And, yep. when, and, and when I do, it does. And if I try, it's not going to happen. It just has to happen on its own. So I don't know if I'm tapping into the same sort of thing you two have experienced. You're tapping but, into the energy, yeah. But that's that's my own personal experience. So um, from there, uh, if you could, Marlo, tell us, how did you transition into technically a witch? Oh, um, along with learning about the paranormal, uh, the witchcraft still was there, and I started doing more reading, research. Uh, I started my first, what was I doing? Uh, chanting. I was doing chanting to call upon the wind or the snow or something weird, and it would happen. Huh. I thought it was a coincidence, and then kept on doing it, and it just always happened every time I did it. 
Wow. You know, we're um, going to take a break right now, and we're going to get right back to exactly what happened from that point. So, everyone, if you're listening, we are with uh, the Lost Witch, known as Marlo, and uh, Eric Van Lee, our co-host. Uh, this is Spirits and More Radio, and we'll be back right after this message. You are listening to Spirits and More Radio. Have a paranormal story? Tell us at spooksandspirits.com. with uh spirits and more radio uh you can call in to this show uh in the second half we might take some callers it's 1-872-244-6787 that'll get you in if you don't get in you can leave your voicemail and we might get that on the air as well so uh please call in uh you can also find all our shows in the previous past shows at spiritsandmoreradio.com uh we've had lots of interesting guests this far uh, we're gonna re- get right back into it so uh the lost witch marlo was just telling us how uh she recognized she had some unique ability to see things that were uh to come in the future and then at that point she started to um i guess educate yourself is that a right word educate yourself on witchcraft yeah, that's ex- yes exactly um and i learned more things as i grew older um I noticed rhyming for incantations seems to help a lot. Uh, something like bewitched, I guess. Huh. And well, well, tell us first because there's I think there's a lot of people who listeners who don't know anything about witchcraft. Uh, they might want to know that there's different types of witches. Is that right? Yeah, there are. There's many different types. So, I didn't know that until I was looking to see what kind of witch I really was. And what type of witch are you? I'm a gray witch. Okay, and what is a gray witch? Um, a gray witch believes in balance, justice. Um, we'll go to the dark in order to get the light, so to speak. Um, that's probably about it, really. I, I'll do the same things that a black witch would do. I would also do the same things a white witch would do. So you don't lean one way or the other. You're you're open to everything. No. Yeah, to all. And what is the, I've done voodooism, I've done it all. <laughs> and what what is um I guess for for those of us who don't know anything about witchcraft, can you just, can you walk us through what a spell might be like, what you actually do? Um I guess I would need an intent like the reason behind it. Um, preparation would be either setting up an altar or just going out in nature. So, um, so is the is um, are your is are your spells reserved for um, things of greater importance? Uh, it's not something that you commonly do, or what is the threshold for you to? turn to this uh, ability for either results or answers? Well, 
when I was younger, I was just testing to see if it worked or not. Then I realized, okay, I can make um, a hex on somebody, and it worked. So I started going more into spells. Uh, when I got older, people wanted love spells, things like that. So I would create spells just for those people. Um, a lot of times I used candle magic, where I would engrave the candle, um, put some oils on it, <laughs> basically, and then give them instructions on what to do. I see. So there's a procedure that comes along with it. Are those um, the the directions that are required to make that successful? Are those um, things that have been passed down from a long time ago? Is there an encyclopedia of spells, so to speak? Um, actually, for me, it wasn't. I was just doing things on gut instinct. I don't know. Um, I just did it as when I was growing up. Uh probably about 10 years ago is when I realized the things I was doing when I was a child, these were things that were being done around the world, you know, years ago. I see. So it's almost like it's a natural gift, literally. So you didn't, it didn't take much for you to be successful at this. It, it was, it was there for you. Um, yeah. Are there, did you have any fear of maybe doing something that would have a bad result? Um, I would say probably when we, me, my brother, and my cousins kind of got involved with satanic things, we were curious about that kind of stuff, you know, the satanic Bible, the rituals, um, that was a bit scary in a way, but didn't dabble too much into that. Was there something that happened to you that scared you? Um... Yes and no. I'm not sure if it was Santanic or not. It was just us as kids um, doing that Bloody Mary ritual in the mirror with the candle. You know, there's six of us. Weird stuff really happened. Um, a shadow appeared behind us. There were claw marks on the wall behind us after. Crawl marks, you mean uh, like uh, scratches in the wall? There was, yeah, three claw marks going straight down the wall. Wow. The lights wouldn't come on. We couldn't get the door to open. So there you, was a lot of things. <laughs> so, you, so you believe in evil? Yeah. You feel like I mean, there, if there's good, there's evil. It's it's a balance. Right. So, uh, and this is interesting because you talk about the that you do. You're not um, opposed to hexes and what's referred to as black or dark magic. Um, I know there are uh, based on some things I've researched that there's a large group of people who uh, believe that uh, white magic or what they call right hand magic uh, is really where people should be. And if you dabble in the left hand or dark magic, that uh, there's this idea that it comes back on you three times. So you don't believe that. No, I see. No. Um, I think it's just, I don't know if you want to call it our religion but nobody's right, nobody's wrong. You know, that's, they're happy with doing what they're doing. Um, I don't think, I mean, I don't go praying to the devil or nothing like that, but their rituals are a bit different, a little bit darker. 
than what I would do. You're talking about people who do black magic. The dark. Yeah. yeah. And I, I wonder, um, you know, I've poked around on YouTube a little bit, and I'm sure you're familiar with Black Witch Coven and uh, uh, Black Witch S in Australia. You're, you know who she is? I've heard. Yeah. So um, she's the opposite of what you would think somebody would look like that does uh, black magic and that sort of things. Um, and uh, I just wonder... Uh, you know, it's one of those things. If uh, someone were evangelical Christian, uh, they could they could easily say, you know, that's uh, evil. There, packaged in a nice package to uh, lure in people into this sort of evil thing. Um, do you uh, have any fear with regard to this uh, practice of magic? Do you do you? Uh, should other people fear? Should people, I'm, I'm sort of surprised as I look online, all the, you know, wide variety of people involved in, in magic. And uh, there's a lot of human emotions and situations where uh, people feel wronged, whether it be a coworker or a boss or a landlord. And, uh, you know, you've got people practicing magic and, and dark magic, um, do you fear dark magic in any way? No, no. Um, see, when I do a hex or a curse on someone, when I'm asked to do it for someone, I always put a clause on there. If they are guilty of doing whatever it is they're being accused of, then let the hex, you know, stick. But if they are innocent, nothing happens. Um... There are repercussions to hexing and cursing someone. Um, I've learned not to do that. <laughs> uh, you do get bad luck. So you believe it does come back on you if if you're um, not uh, if without if there's not good cause. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So if someone's being extra emotional or uh, very um, irrational about a coworker's treatment of them and ask someone to do that, it sounds like you've got this uh, little escape clause that if, if this is not the truth, it doesn't happen. Yeah. It seems to work. Um, I don't know if it's coincidence or not when I do things. It doesn't seem like it anymore, but... Um, I won't do anything. I always make sure that there's, um, like no injury, like serious injury will happen to them. I see. So I'm not so much as being, you know, a, a dark witch. I'm just still, again, I'm looking for that justice. I see. So is there, um, a limitation to what you will do for somebody? Is there a limitation? Um... No. No, I, I've done a lot of research on some demons and things like that, the darker aspects, um, to help some people. Uh, I've had a few attacks, you can call them. Attacks on and yourself. Yeah. Well, I've been scratched. I've been... I actually had a small bite mark on me once. That was weird. Um, bruised. Um, they come up in sixes and threes. Uh, I've been growled at. 
you know, and that's just from helping people who have issues with a darker aspect of the spirit world. I see. So when you start to dabble, they watch, and it seems like they kind of try to stop you. You mean, who tries to stop you? The demons try the, to stop you? Yeah, the darker side, yeah. They try and stop you from accomplishing your goal, or they work with you? No, to stop me from accomplishing the goal. I see. Because I have heard that some people try and work with demons to help them. Uh, you could, yeah. Um, I don't trust them. Uh, they're not trustworthy. I don't know. <laughs> You can't see them. You can't, I don't know. It's just, you don't know what you're dealing with. Do you know when a demon is present? There's a different feel. So, um, so you may be involved in a um, situation with somebody and they've asked you to do something and you will come up with a plan for them. And at some point in this execution of the plan, you start to get a feeling that there's something more sinister involved. Yeah, you can usually, you can just tell. Um, a lot of time, I mean, there will be a smell sometimes. Um, the air's thicker. Um, it affects your mood, you know, how you think. It's not like a regular spirit. So when, you, when they're, you're in the presence of a spirit that's not a demon, mm -hmm. there's a clear difference between the two. Yeah. You don't feel like you're being stalked. That's the feeling it, it, it is, like you're being watched. I see. Um, the spirit, um, you know, they come in, show you a few uh, images or something, and, you know, they kind of just go away <laughs> type of thing. You know, nice and smooth. No getting you on edge. I see. When so a demon's around, it's like, you're just, your hair on your back, on your neck is standing up. It's just, you just know there's something there. I see. And with that, we will be right back uh, on Spirits and More Radio. We are with uh, Lost Witch and Eric Van Leer, our co-host. We'll be right back. Stay with us. And now it's time for Haunted Places. calling from Alabama and I wanted to tell you a story about a Furby. This happened about five years ago. Uh, my husband and I drove up to our friend's house. We were actually driving to, we were going to Birmingham, Alabama to see the drive by truckers, going to a concert. Uh, we're sitting at their house. They were finishing getting ready and, and uh, I noticed uh, her husband was taking out the garbage and I could hear sounds coming from it. So I looked at Barbie and I'm like, hey, why is your garbage talking? She goes, oh, that's just the Furby. I said, what do you mean Furby? She goes, well, I found it in the closet. I said, what closet? She said, the hall closet. I said, did you notice it when you moved in this house, which was only about two years ago uh, before this happened? And she said, no. And I said, and you're just now finding it? And she goes, yeah, it started making sounds. And I said, well, okay. And uh, she blew it off and her husband came back in and I said, well, what's with the Furby and the garbage talking? 
And because it was actually saying, I said, I heard it say, help me as you took it out the door. I said, that was a little odd. And Barbara goes, oh, that's nothing. When I was dumping uh, dust into the garbage pail earlier, it actually sneezed. And I'm like, okay, this is just messed up. But uh, we were sitting there drinking a few beers, and and we said, okay, fine. And uh, it had already been taken out into the garbage. Um, And we decided to take um, their car, so they followed us to our house. We parked it there got in their car, drove to Birmingham, went to a great concert, drank a few beers, and uh, came home. They let us out at our house and then drove about seven minutes to theirs. Uh, We hadn't been home long at all. Um, I get a phone call from a distraught best friend. Barbie's hysterical. Get up here right now. It's the Furby. Now, we had been drinking, so uh, I told my husband to grab the sledgehammer. I got my great-grandmother's Bible, and I also got a bottle of holy water that came from the monks at the Ava Maria Grotto in Alabama. And uh, they bless holy water, and you can purchase it from them. So, and uh, meanwhile, my niece, who was 18 at the time, was spending the night, and she was like, where are you going? I said, we're going to the Barbie's house, you know, her and DJ have got a loose possessed Furby so we take off up there we pull up at the house and I look at my husband and I'm like please please tell me they did not bring the Furby inside the house because they had already put it in the garbage can we knock on the door Barbie comes running to the door and she's like get in here right now BJ Mr. Science who is an English teacher sat on the couch going I'm not getting involved with this I don't believe any of it um, we walk inside. I said, where's the Furby? She said, it's sitting on the counter. I'm like, well, what happened? She said, when we came home, it was sticking out of the garbage can, staring at us. I said, what do you mean? She goes, and there's a hole in the plastic bag. I'm like, what? wait, 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 wait. So we go outside. There's a hole in the garbage bag. And I'm like, you did this. She goes, no. It looked like something had chewed just a hole wide enough for it to crawl out of. And I said, where exactly was it sitting? She said, right here, sticking its head out. She somehow thought y'all did this. I said, we were with you. You dropped us off at our house. How could we get up here and do anything? So we went inside. I'm sorry, I'm out of breath. I'm just trying to get it all in your machine. Um, we go back inside. Uh, I tell my husband to get the Furby. I told Barbie to get three garbage bags. My niece is just dying because she's all about spooks and ghosts, and her nickname is Miss Macabre, and she's just, you know, going, oh, this is just too much. And uh, I went around to all the doorways in the house. I slung holy water. I told the, I mean, now I'm holding my great-grandmother's Bible and about three sheets in the wind, but serious as hell, telling that we, you know, we rebuke all, all evil. It can't be in this house anymore, and this is a good house. And these are good people. And went around to every door in every room in that house and and put holy water through the entranceway. Then we went outside. I told my husband, get the sledgehammer and smash it. Okay, he's smashing the Furby. And my niece is poking me in the side going, no batteries, no batteries, no batteries. And I'm like, what, what? And we looked at and there are. There are no batteries in this Furby. Now, I heard it, my husband's heard it, Barbie and BJ heard it several times, 
Um, so we took it apart. We put it in three different bags, put holy water in each bag, put it back in the garbage can, shut the garbage can lid. And I looked at all of them and I said, we're not going to talk about this anytime soon. Meanwhile, her husband, BJ, had sat on the couch refusing to deal with any of this. And Barbie goes, okay, I feel good now. And, um, and we went back home. Um, we didn't tell anybody the story for probably a year. My niece told people, but we never did. Um, they had lived in this house for about two years, had never seen this Furby, didn't know it existed. I mean, I, we helped them move in. Um, it just started top the closet. There was just a little voice coming out of the closet one day. And um, so there you go. You never know what's going to happen. So love from Alabama, people, and uh, y'all have a great day. Thanks. And you are listening to Spirits and More Radio. Uh, we are talking witches tonight, and we have a witch with us on uh, the show. Her Twitter name is The Lost Witch, and uh, Marlo, you are back with us. And we also have our co-host, Eric Van Leer. Uh, we were talking about demons and, and black magic and so forth. But do you, uh, we just heard the story of uh, possessed Furby, it sounded like, um, do you believe that these energies sort of manifest in individual items? Is that the idea behind when you cast a spell, including some sort of uh, accessory, so to speak, to make it happen? Does it amplify the power of it? Or can we uh, or can witches uh, sort of manifest just with your mind? can do both, I think. Um, I've actually placed cursed curses on my personal items so that if something went missing, I would know. And it has actually happened to people. I hate to say that, but I learned again, not to do it anymore. Um, can you give us an example? Well, I've... I've had an ex-boyfriend, well, he got hit by a car. <laughs> you know, it's that kind of a thing. It's kind of like, be careful what you wish for right. as well. You know, again, it has to do with the energy. You're sending this off out into the universe, you know, and anything can happen. You're opening up something. So you believe that it's not necessarily the herbs or the oil or specific uh, symbolism of symbols that may be used or types of candles or colors or smells. It's really more the intent. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yep. Big time. Because when I was younger, I was doing spells. I wasn't using any oils or anything. I was uh, verbally saying what I needed, what I wanted. And next thing you know, within a few days, something happened so it's always about the intention the energy that you send out it's i think that's interesting because um there there's a parallel to what you're saying and and i've seen other videos of people online say the same thing that you know you're sort of, you are practicing witchcraft in their opinion if you are willing these ideas and energy towards somebody and the parallel to that, if you think about it, is 
people who are um, Tony Robbins and sort of these people who are um, self-help coaches, you know, if you listen to them, they frequently say that you should start your day with a positive message and set the tone for your day and envision your future the way you want it, uh, even visualize it with collages and things like that. And as I listen to you and I think about some of those seminars I've seen and, and things like that, the two almost seem the same. Yeah, it's about the same. Again, it's the energy. It's what you want, what you need, what you ask for. But again, you have to know how to ask for something. Um, it's like casting a love spell. You know, you can cast it for true love. Um, but if you cast a spell to have a particular person fall in love with you, well, it's going to go the opposite way because you're doing something against another person's will. Have you seen so again, that? there's a payment. <laughs> Have you seen that happen? Yeah. I actually did that my first time trying to do a love spell. Um, I actually put, made a charm. And every time I had the charm with me, the person would be around. Um, but it wasn't the same... They became obsessive. They became more dominant. I don't know. Um, they changed. Um, I broke the the spell, the curse, the hex. But I, I felt like I was hexed. I, I hexed myself. So I uh, got rid of the charm that I had, and uh, the guy just left me alone. <laughs> just disappeared, literally. Hmm. What are some of the... As you think back to all your experience over the years of being involved with casting spells and hexes and curses, is there mm -hmm. a particular event or story that really stands out in your mind? Um, something that either you didn't expect or something that was just so profound that it sort of really got to you? I don't think anything really with um, the hexes and that. Um, if anything, I think maybe foreseeing something. But nothing really too much with the witchcraft itself. So what was it that you saw that was frightening, so to speak? Um, I was 14 years old. It was um, Christmas. Uh, we had company over, and I kept telling everybody, there's going to be an accident. There's going to be three people, two cars. Everyone thought I was crazy. I just kept repeating it, saying it's going to happen just after Christmas. You know, it was, it was Christmas Day, or but in the evening. Um, about 20 after midnight, 20 minutes after midnight, we heard this big bang. Looked across the street. Two cars were in an accident. An ambulance came, and three people were taken to the hospital. Um, I had my family, just everybody was just staring at me. And I felt like a freak. <laughs> hmm. So after that, I just kind of kept quiet. <laughs> Were you surprised yourself? I really was. I didn't, I didn't think it was going to really happen, but I just kept on pacing, going to the window, looking outside. It was just this feeling. Um, it's just like something that just could not be changed. 
you know, that was the first time that something like that actually happened. And then it started happening more often, and then I learned to uh, pay attention. So do you so s- then, do you sometimes uh, see visions that, I guess, what pers- what portion of your visions that you that come to you are do you ever get positive images or are they always some sort of negative image um if it's a negative image usually there's a reason and that's because it can be changed so the car accident Um, was wasn't really an example of that was that no not for the first time no it was almost like a big slap in the face saying, boom, this is what you're going to be seeing for the rest of your life. <laughs> you mm. know, get prepared. <laughs> you so, know, not all things can be changed, but most of them can. So what was the next thing that you saw? Um, uh, I woke up in the middle of the night, or it wasn't really in the middle of the night. Uh, it must have been like one o'clock in the morning or something, but I woke up, went into the living room, started crying. Uh, my dad came into the house, the phone rang, and my mom tell, told my dad to go back to his father's house because my his dad just passed away, and the ambulance was there. Um, I knew about him dying, just as he did. So you, that was something you saw, you foresaw before it happened? Like minutes before, and I woke up from it, yeah. And you were in the same house or room or somewhere completely far away? Uh, no, no, uh, about two, two streets away. I see. At some point, I would imagine that the um, experiences become so undeniable that you, um, I mean, at some point you probably initially questioned yourself and then there's a point where you just, probably gave up on that and, and accepted that what you're seeing is something special. Yeah, I mean, I did question my sanity for a while, but um, there was proof. There was always, you know, people were turning around telling me, you were right. You know, when I give a warning or something, and it was it was kind of nice that, you know, you could make a bit of a difference. Or you can surprise somebody and put a smile on their face. Or you can scare them because you know things that you shouldn't know. Right. And it's it's fun. I like it. I see. We're going to be right back with uh, Marlo, who's telling us a little bit about her uh, psychic abilities, and uh, there's some some other things that she she also sees as well. And so I want to get into that. We'll be right back. You're listening to Spirits and More Radio. Spirits and more radio. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram.
listening to Spirits and More Radio, and we are talking about uh, witchcraft and spells and energy, and and now we're getting into uh, psychic abilities, and uh, we're we're joined by Marlo and Eric Van Leer. Eric, do you have any questions for Marlo? Um. No, I'm just uh, absorbing everything that she's uh, saying right now. I have a, I, I, I do have a question, um, Marlo. You did mention to to me ahead of time. You mentioned mediumship, uh, mm-hmm. which for our guests who uh, our listeners who may not know, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, that means that you are able to connect with spirits of people who are not on earth anymore passed on or maybe never were on earth is that right yeah um i started doing it uh about five years ago so that's Um, something new for you yeah i mean i was all i was able to always sense them i was able to see them but that fear i always put a block on i'd be able to hear them if i concentrated on them um, but five years ago, they just decided to come in really loud and clear. When you say you would see them, you mean you physic you saw a physical person? Um, I don't know how to explain. Uh, sometimes you'll see um, like a see-through shadow. Um, sometimes you can see an energy outline or just a arm kind of passing by. Something like that. Something very quick. Actually, I, I do have a question. Mm-hmm. Um, are, are you able to uh, sense if people have attachments or not? Most often, yes. Okay. So you believe attachments are real. When Eric talks about they- going to a place and some sort of spirit or entity following someone home... That's not just something on the Disneyland Haunted Mansion. That's for real. No, it's real. It's very, very real. Um, a lot of times attachments, they'll get attached just because of our energy level or, you know, something that they need or may, we might be their way of getting out of a location that they think they're stuck in. Are these attachments often people who once lived on Earth or are they not? Not always, no. So do you see a difference between them? And I guess where I'm coming from with that question is someone like myself who doesn't have any visions or seeing something that uh, convinces me it's from another dimension or planet or existence, um, is it the same? Or, or do when people die here on Earth and they go somewhere they're in a place with other entities or let's just call them. I don't know if it's fair to call them people, but everything end up in the same place. No, no. Um, there's different realms, worlds. So you believe I call, I call them the Shadowlands, I guess you can call it. <laughs> okay. It's like scrying. It basically is, um, I call it the Shadowlands, where you're walking through gray. And there's doorways, basically, or pathways. 
and you just kind of follow them. It takes you places. I think that's sometimes how I can see things when I'm scrying. Um, but from just doing psychic abilities, that's just, that part's different. It's more vision. The scrying is more vision. The psychic is more vision. Okay. So that's, that's really centered around you having a, a visual image of something happening and then it comes true. And then when you do the scrying, you're saying that and scrying for listeners, people are listening is you getting into a almost trance like state by staring at anything really, uh, to mm -hmm. be fair. And, um, when you do that, it's a more dynamic experience. You're saying that leads you to see other types of things that are more, is it more interactive for you? Yeah. Um, it's almost, uh, again, it has to do with energy. Because um, I could do a remote view of a location, you know, a couple hundred miles away, doesn't matter. If there's, say, spirit activity there, I pick up on it. I get pulled to it. And it seems like when I'm doing that, there's a chance that they can follow me back. So, again, they're following my energy back to my home. So I'm leaving a path. So when people here on Earth are thinking about life after death, do you think that people um, end up all in the same place? Or do you think that people are separate from these other sorts of energy beings that maybe have, as you describe it, other realms? Um, I think if they want to, they, I think they're able to go if they want to, to another realm. I don't think they're just stuck in heaven or something like that. I guess the question comes from if when we die, when you die, uh, what do you expect to happen for you? <laughs> I plan to haunt people. I do too. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I do too. Eric, do you plan on haunting people? Oh, absolutely. There's, there's a few I, uh, I can think of right now. <laughs> you know, uh, forever you could go to Disneyland and not have to pay for the annual pass, um, you know, but, uh, the, or wherever your favorite place is, right? Um, but is that what you see? Because, uh, Marlo, you have this ability to sort of go there. Is it, is it much like that, or is it um, what you see is... Uh, do you feel like you have a full understanding of what you see, or are you just getting a glimpse into something? I think I'm just getting a glimpse into something because there's more out there. There's just... I, it's like almost seeing the outside of the gates type of thing. I think there's a lot more out there that we just don't know about and not being shown either. Um, it's not so much of them showing me anything, but letting me feel what they're feeling as well like when they're on the other side they show you memories they show you know good times bad times they're not exactly showing you where they are mind you i've never asked them neither right i've never thought about to ask actually so um hmm. when people say for instance um you know someone who's maybe a skeptic and doesn't grasp what you experience uh, might say something to someone who says that they're psychic. 
well, tell me what the lottery numbers are going to be, or tell me who's sitting next to me. Um, why doesn't that work? Why, why is that not something that um, is possible for people who have uh, this link into more? Um, I think it has something more to do with a faith. I don't think it has anything to do with um, material gain. That's greed. You know, like when I surprise somebody and I tell them something about themselves I should not know, they're looking amazed. They're looking, you know, they're so surprised. Um, it's you're giving them something to believe in, something magical again. It's. Um, are they? Um, are the people that you have? see information on is it sometimes trivial trivial or is it always significant um no sometimes it's trivial it's it makes people happy you know if their father passed on or something like that they come through they just want to know that they're doing okay um the spirits share memories of when their kids were growing up things like that you know, something that these people only know about. You know, they're happy. Um, I tell them things that I should not know in general, like if they lose something, you know, where to find it. Um, uh, th that's a bit amazing, actually, the look on their faces, because they look kind of scared, actually. And do you have to have a connection with them or as you go about your day at the mall, do you see people and how do you connect the, the memory or the vision to the person? Um, when it's a one-on-one -on -one person, like when I'm doing a reading, I can connect very well with them. Two or three people in the room, I can pinpoint who's who. Five people, I can still pinpoint when it's the mall itself. I get really scattered. Um, I actually really do try to avoid uh, busy places. It's um, you can, I really pick up lots on people that are in a bad mood. Their energy is just—it's amazing. It's awful. <laughs> And we're at the one hour mark. This fascinating interview does continue for our full access overtime members. To get full access, simply go to our website at spiritsandmoreradio.com. Under the full access section, you'll see an orange Patreon button. Click on that to find out more and hear the rest of the show. You can also join our live broadcast alert list. We email the day of the show when we are going to broadcast live so you can tune in and hear the full show and also have the opportunity to call in. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. Open all the doors and let you out in